Can I see, hear how my voice sounds? Yeah. Hey, Michelle. I hate the sound of my voice. I love your voice. I hate it. Hello, hello, testing, testing. Testing. My name's Haley. My name's Michelle. And this is Maybe Baby. Baby. <laughs> back. This week's episode is all about Instagram. I know this topic's been talked about to death, but I feel like there's still so much more to explore about it considering how much we still use it, how much we still loathe it. Something about it feels untapped. So I wrote about it this week for my newsletter and I wanted to talk about it further with a friend. I'm really excited about my guest this week, my really good friend Michelle Aranowitz. Michelle is an actor and filmmaker She's also a teacher to acting students, and she's just hilarious and one of my favorite people. And Instagram is absolutely something that we would talk about for longer than necessary, and so I felt like, why not bring in the person I'd most like to have this conversation with for the podcast? So in this episode, we talk about everything from why Instagram doesn't feel fun anymore, why our attempts to make it better have actually made it worse in many cases, what makes each of us spiral on the app, what we actually like about Instagram, and what it could look like to embrace Instagram as a fundamentally inauthentic medium. So without further ado, this is me and Michelle really digging into the worst app on the planet. And my one caveat before we start is that we refer to Daniel early on, and that is her boyfriend Daniel, not Daniel of Dear Danny. Okay, let's go. Let's just start talking. We'll see where it takes us. Great. And like, if we talk for like an hour and we use half of it, beautiful. I don't even know. But really... what if we talk for like five hours <laughs> and we miss Atlantic City? <laughs> We're just here on Sunday being like, <laughs> still so much to say. I mean, you really could talk about it for days probably. For those listening, Michelle and I are going to Atlantic City this weekend and so we're, you know... We're getting together just before we depart mm-hmm. to just ground ourselves mm-hmm. in a conversation about the app of our time. I brought you on to talk about Instagram, Michelle, mm-hmm. mostly just because you're my good friend and I wanted to talk to a friend about Instagram because Instagram is something that we all use. Mm-hmm. There's not really an expert unless you talk to like the psychos in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. who like think they're gods. Otherwise, like we're kind of all experts. Yeah. And we've both gone through recent spurts of getting off the app. I think you have an interesting relationship with Instagram because when I first saw your Instagram, I thought it did not reflect you at all. Wow. (laughs) At all? Shots fucking fire. Am I a different human? I just think you're like so... I think your your primary characteristic to me is that you're hilarious. Well, I think I used to use Instagram more. Now you seem pretty earnest on Instagram, I would say. Yeah. Which, like, Which one, I hate. No, one time my friend told me about that about me, and I was, like, devastated. <laughs> so, well, like, we're in the same boat. I used to, I feel like I used to use it to play more. Like, I used to have more fun on it, mm-hmm. and now I don't. What happened? Because, yeah, so now I think you're, I don't think you use an active Instagram user. I think you mostly use it for work. Mm-hmm. Michelle's an actor um, and, like, a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So, I think you probably, on some level, feel obligated to use Instagram for work, right? Yeah. 
Which and I'm also a teacher. Do. Also a teacher. Which yeah, is, I should maybe include well, that. Well, it's important because, like, my students can find me on Instagram, so I feel like I couldn't be as unbuttoned with okay, it. Okay, we need to get you a Finsta. Oh my god, I, I actually, I think I do need a Finsta. Yeah, I think maybe you're feeling, you're feeling reined in. Yeah. And I also, I hate that I, that I seem earnest on Instagram. Okay, I wouldn't I'm say... I'm actually going to spend the whole conversation thinking about that, so. <laughs> well, I don't think that, okay, I don't think that you're corny on Instagram, but I don't think, it feels like, like okay, I'm going to say that if I went on your Instagram, I wouldn't draw conclusions about you. I'd be like, oh, I can't really tell who this person is, because you don't really post that much. Yeah. And that's me having, like, I haven't done, like, a deep dive on your gram. Mm-hmm. It's more like your more recent content that I've seen. Right. Um, you haven't deep dived on my. That's yeah, are you cool. offended? Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, but then I think of someone like Daniel, mm-hmm. who I think probably does show a little bit more of his personality on his Instagram, right? Yeah, and but then I actually but then think I'm you're like, more of a ham in person. Totally, See, more this of is a, a ham good ex- person. This is an example of like how Instagram just doesn't reflect who people are necessarily, and I think it, sometimes it can. It can, but it's a very mm-hmm. particular medium. It's the same way that, like, some people express themselves really well through clothes and other people don't. And that doesn't mean that those um, that clothes are a perfect reflection of your taste. Sometimes people are just more skilled at that. And I think the same is true for Instagram. Yeah, and I feel like, I, as an actor, like, I feel like I, as a trained actor, <laughs> I'm trained in the skill of performance. Uh-huh. And so I feel like, I don't know, I feel like on Instagram, I feel like I'm tired of performing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess that kind of brings me to... Not that I work as an actor a lot, so, like, I'm not always performing. We're cutting that from the record. <laughs> <laughs> Only positive self-talk. Okay. Also, you do. You just had a bunch of short films. Okay, and, like, festivals. Lauded. Lauded films. Okay, so, like, the, the, the topic of my essay this week, which you haven't read, yeah, because yeah. currently it is Thursday, mm-hmm. and we have not left for Atlantic City. By the time this comes out, we'll be dead in the gutter of Atlantic well, City. I might be in a hospital. <laughs> um, so we'll see. Reader, yeah. are we still alive? What if we just died before this came out? And like we actually made jokes about it on the podcast, but then we really did die. And then this was our legacy. <laughs> <laughs> about Instagram. Just unpacking like our self-esteem on social media. R.I.P. Oh, God. Okay. Um, okay, well, now we definitely can't die in in Atlantic City. So my essay this week, mm-hmm. I wanted to critique our critique of Instagram because I think we've said so many times that I'm going to recap the piece a little bit. Yeah. Maybe people who didn't read it also want that. So I think we typically think of Instagram as being fake, like that's the worst thing about it. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that I that I am wondering if that's a false idea is because our solutions to it have also been so terrible or they have not worked. Yeah. So typically when, like, you try to solve something, the solution doesn't work at all, you think, okay, well, it must be the wrong problem that we fixed. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like that a little bit with Instagram, where, especially over the course of the last year, with, like, everyone going through a really tough time. Yeah. And, and everyone on Instagram. Everyone on Instagram. And I think this is, of course, this was happening for a long time, trending towards this anyway. I mean, like, the long, like, vulnerable Instagram caption was already well on its underway as, as like, a popular form of vulnerability or, like, quote-unquote authenticity. Yeah. But I think over the course of the pandemic, this was like turned into overdrive. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of a lot of vulnerability, a lot of like activism, a lot of like bringing in like real life conflict and social dynamics into these spaces. Totally. And I think there has been some good out of that. I think like fundraising and like there's probably been some good education. But I think um, for the most part, it's made Instagram into this like even more surreal 
sort of like parallel universe that's like supposed to mimic real life but like feels even further from it yeah and I think part of the reason that's true is because Instagram and any social media platform is just inherently performative yeah it's really hard to capture authenticity on an app that asks you to like upload what you're doing and like caption it it's just like that's that process is just like forever going to skew the content and you have to participate in order to be perceived, whereas in the in the quote unquote real world, the meat space, mm-hmm. so to speak, I you, love that the meat space. <laughs> you never heard that before? No, I almost used it in my Wait, essay. Not M E M E E T M E A T M E A T. Yeah, meat space. Okay, um, you actually don't have to do anything to be perceived in real life. Yeah, you can just walk to the store and people perceive you. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's some level of control in that process. You put on clothes, you have a facial expression. But a lot of times there's, you can just be perceived without it trying to be. And that's just not something you can do on the internet. Yeah. So to wrap up my point, I think I wanted to, to explore, you know, what if the biggest problem with Instagram wasn't that it's performative and wasn't that it led to inauthenticity? What might our, how might our solutions change if we reframed the problem as not that Instagram's fake, but that we ever wanted Instagram to be real. Oh, interesting. Like it was never created for reality. It was never going to live up to that standard. Right. Like originally it was conceived of as like sharing your life, but due to the nature of the medium, like we are saying, it's just impossible for it to reflect your real life. It was always going to be like a projection you put out right. to try to say something about yourself. Well, it and it's also lacking the four four other senses you know what I mean like it's never gonna have like that's the thing that I that I struggle with it the most is it's like intangibility like it's never gonna feel like meat space like it makes me think of meat space which is like touch and taste and smell you know yeah and like stumbling over your words oh or... I guess it's three senses right because you can hear videos on Instagram yeah I mean you you kind of can but it's still it's so performed it's not the same as in real life conversation yeah also, like, conversation, when you know you're being recorded like we are now, this is also different from a normal conversation. Yeah, like, so I literally th- feel like a statue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like it's not... I'm literally sweating and can't move. I'm also sweating. That's because we turned the AC off. Um, should we do some movement? <sighs> Michelle, do you want to do a quick interlude and lead our listeners in, like, a two-minute yeah, guided feel- yeah. movement meditation? Perfect. So... Wherever you are in your space right now, just close your eyes. In your meat space. In your meat space. And just focus on your breath. Uh, Maybe even make a little sound. (laughs) Just check in. How do I feel today? What do you hear? What's my mood like? How am I doing? Putting your attention on your breath. I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. I This is what I do for a living. No, I'm literally loving it. Are you? Yeah, I keep going. What's your mood like? I was just thinking, like, it's really nice to pause and be like, oh, I'm in, like, a good mood. Yeah. And realize that. Yeah. It's really nice. See, like, that's the thing about Instagram, though. Like, it stops that moment for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I get so trapped in it. That I can't, that I don't notice, like I, I never put my attention on myself. Well, that's its appeal, right? right. I mean, I, I mentioned this, I, I linked to it once, I didn't quote it too much. 
in my essay this week, but Max Reed wrote a piece about social media. Yeah. And he posited that there's all these theories about why we go on social. The algorithms are are giving us dopamine hits or like that's kind of the left leaning, like technocratic interpretation. The right leaning is that like, it's, you know, it's all um, virtue signaling and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Max Reed posits that both of those are kind of inadequate if you really look at how we use the apps because a lot of people are aware of how much they hate it and they continue to do it. Yeah. And there's just a lot of evidence to show that like there's something else going on. And what he posits is that um, it's really the Freudian death drive. Mm. And what he says is, which like I actually, I think I've heard death drive so much that like I never heard it fully explained. Can you explain it to me? Um, yes, I can. Well, if any people listening are like theorists, they're going to be maybe rolling over in their graves. But I'm going to give like what I remember of okay. like how he said it in a very like one sentence, basically, which is that it's not so much that we want to die. It's that we seek oblivion, which means a complete escape from your present mind, life, physical Form. disassociation it's disassociation that's exactly what i was gonna say so it's like it's leaving your mind and body it's like being dead for a little bit and i always think about this with tiktok mm-hmm. because tiktok is for me the fastest path to disassociation like i literally when i was feverish and having chills from my vaccine mm-hmm. i just i actually used tiktok purposely to like escape the feeling in my body and it completely works or like if you are doing something where you like you have to do it for five minutes like you're waiting five minutes for something like water to boil or something like that or yeah. you want it to go fast tiktok it will just disappear i found it actually kind of fun to use it when i was really com- uh, conscious of the fact that i wanted to disassociate for a little bit i felt with my body hurt something like that like it's it's sort of through that lens of like coping mechanisms aren't necessarily bad. They're just like overused and, ne- and unhealthy ones are like relied on too much. Totally. But sometimes you do want to disassociate. The problem is we, do, we want to disassociate too much. Mm-hmm. We never want to be in our bodies. We never want to think our thoughts. Yeah. I think that's not people's fault. I think like we live in a very difficult time. Yeah. And people don't have enough leisure. It's very stressful. Well, it's interesting. I I was thinking about this today, actually, in preparation for you. Please. Um, That, because I'm about to menstruate. (laughs) Um, Any moment now. Like, literally, it could be any second. It could be right now. Now. Um, That when I am premenstrual, I am very much, that I go to Instagram more. Like, that is a place I go to. To disassociate? To disassociate. Yeah, or like I think I feel more manic in my premenstrual state and that and Instagram is really soothing for my mania. You know, like it's a really great place for me to spiral. And I think PMS is already feeling like I'm spiraling. But soothing and spiraling feel like they're in contradiction. But is this the whole problem with Instagram? You go there to be soothed and ultimately you spiral. Yeah, you're (laughs) never going to get what you want out of it. Okay, that's a really good... I mean, I think this is, like, the inherent contradiction of the way we use these apps in general. Yeah. What makes you spiral about Instagram? Because I think everybody's triggers are different. I... Okay, so I have, like, my three people that I go to when I want to feel shitty about myself. And Mm. those three people are people that are doing things that I think I would want to be doing in my life. Those three people make me spiral. So it's envy. It's envy. Mm -hmm. What also makes me spiral is, like, we've talked about this a little bit, but, like, online activism if there's like something happening in the world 
and I'm not retweeting. Well, I don't have Twitter, but I'm not like, what is it called? Reposting, regramming. That makes me spiral because I feel like a bad person mm-hmm. when in fact I'm doing less by just reposting than engaging with it in my day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. What also makes me spiral are likes. Feeling like what you post will not get enough engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And like what's gotten, what's so disgusting is like posting something and then being like, it's not getting a like every minute. So this is a bad picture. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is, that's so horrifying to say out loud. Yeah. Um, It's those, the things that make me spiral about Instagram are the things that have to do with how people see me, perceive me. You know, I want to be liked. I want to be... I just want to be liked, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it's hard. And with Instagram, it's hard because you can't, like, the way that, I don't know, life is all about, like, collaboration. And to me, Instagram doesn't feel very collaborative sometimes. And that's when I feel the worst about it. It's such a personal project. I mean, this is... Yeah. This is something I, I kind of wanted to differentiate between, like, online social spaces and social media platforms, which I, which I don't think have the same problems. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, forums and, like, message boards Mm -hmm. definitely have their own problems. Mm -hmm. The anonymous level of it can breed a lot of hatred. But I think something that forums have over Instagram or social platforms are that everyone's anonymous and there tends to be a level of authenticity that sometimes people can't find in their real lives. Like, people who are grieving or have certain conditions. Yeah. It's really nice to come together and, and be able to speak really freely without always going back to your life, which I think it's 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 similar to like what therapy can sometimes do for you, which is like maybe maybe not unbiased parties, but parties that are completely divorced from like your real life. I think that's a really interesting value prop of the internet. What I think is different about social media platforms is like there is still this like central identity hub. You have your own page. You have stats about how I don't think these stats track to this but like quote unquote how much you're liked which are which are not I mean it's literally like buttons it's like how many people like you yeah it's like this was obviously like a damaging like paradigm to begin with um but I and I also struggle with this of like we all function from this idea that we all have audiences do you know what I mean like I have to speak to my followers Mm -hmm. you know and it's like these are my friends you know like well they're not all my friends but well, that's also something. Yeah, I mean, in my case, I feel like... Yeah, how do you feel about that? I feel really mixed. I mean, I think... So the, one of the reasons I started thinking about Instagram is because last week I turned on comments right. for one newsletter. And I really wanted people's perspectives. I wasn't looking for feedback on myself because I feel like I've tried to figure out like more siloed narr- like siloed places for feedback to go through that feel less out of control for my mental health. Mm-hmm. But I did suspect I wouldn't totally be able to avoid that, especially since I was writing something really personal that maybe wasn't the most flattering image of me. I don't even know if you read it. Which Wait, The which, guilt one. Yeah, of course I read okay, it. Okay, I yeah, hated yeah. that one. I, I don't know why you hated that. Well, I, th- I actually thought you were having the experience of guilt, writing about guilt. I yeah. think it was like that kind of... True irony it felt vibes. R- yeah, true irony vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, anyway, I actually already spoke about this like really briefly in my last podcast, so people are going to be like, literally, who cares that you didn't like your last newsletter? Like, please You did go talk away. about that, yes. <laughs> no, so I'm like not going to mention it again. But what I was going to say is, somebody commented a 
kind of, it was a pretty critical comment, but I think it was about how they saw me based on like the information I've given online, which is that I'm, that I have like no real problems and that I am living like I'm 20 and I am. Someone commented this? Yeah. And a little bit like, I don't, I've lost touch with like my own things because I'm always trying to filter like my fake problems through like a systemic, like I think I'm liberating people and I'm not and. Okay, who is this person? Where do they live? <laughs> I don't know anything about her, but except her first name. Um, and I really tried to not let it but bug me. <sighs> Especially because I feel like since I turned off comments, my mental health has been in a much better place. And that doesn't mean I'm not getting any feedback. I still get it in certain places, but it's much more in control. Yeah. And I thought it had gotten a lot better. And so I kind of was like trying to like, I was like at the park with my nieces and I was just, I just had this like pit in my stomach thinking about it. Yeah. And I got back and I said something like, I appreciate your perspective, but I feel like you're making some assumptions about like how much of my life I share. Like maybe they felt like they totally knew me. And it's hard for me to say how people are going to perceive me, right? Like I'm not purposely sharing only like the rosy parts of my life or whatever. In fact, I think I, I read a lot about my internal struggles, but I don't write a lot about every type of struggle. Sometimes I'll make, write a whole essay about a really tiny struggle and that doesn't mean I think that that struggle is big. It just means that I think it's kind of interesting. I think yeah. the guilt, like feeling guilty after partying, I would not consider that a, a big problem. I just think it's an interesting like social phenomenon that a lot of people experience guilt yeah. in really benign circumstances. So I just felt a little misunderstood. Absolutely. And I sort of, and, and so when I wrote that back, she said, yeah, this comment's about who you pretend to be. So I thought, okay, this person thinks I'm very fraudulent and yeah. immature and like unscrupulous and like sort of let's say fair that's how it came off i don't know i don't know anything about this person but anyway it's tough that i think sometimes unless you say i experience self-doubt i don't think i'm solving all these problems i don't think i'm liberating people i don't think i'm perfect sometimes i don't know if i can do this job well enough unless you say that it's like people assume the opposite yeah i mean yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, no, I actually want to hear. I was just going to, my last thought on that is that sometimes I feel like I have to bear these sides of myself just so people don't, like, hate me. Yeah. Or something like that. And uh, this is just one person, right? Sure. I'm not. I'm not trying to paint her as, like, some majority, but I think sometimes I get that feeling where, and I think a lot of people, let's say, like, public figures feel like, if they don't sort of self-flagellate at some point or be like, hey, like, I feel like shit about myself too. Yeah. There's a, there's a presumption that they feel the opposite and that's, and then they are fear that people are going to resent them. And so it sort of breeds this like performative vulnerability that's like, well, why do I have to say that I feel like shit about myself for you to like me? Totally. It's like that, that Will Smith post. Did you see that? Wait, when he was like, no. we've all, we've all gained weight in the quarantine. <laughs> and then like, and it's like, then he got slack for posting that because it's like, Will Smith, your, you know, quarantine body is very different than, you know, someone else's quarantine body. You know, like, it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Will Smith is a whole <laughs> other topic. We're not even going there. <laughs> should, we have a, um, should we detour to Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's almost like performed negativity. Like, there's no authentic way like I think about what you're what you're saying makes me think about the fact that like sometimes when I when I post things about things that are happening happening in my life and to the world would seem like I'm really busy and things are really great is when I'm most depressed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when I'm feeling like really bad, you know. And that's what makes me feel crazy sometimes. Is like 
it's so it, it it's so antithetical to my meat world. And is that something? Okay, so let's 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 like dig into that. Yeah. <laughs> Dare I sound like my fucking therapist? <laughs> In that moment, are you trying to fake it? Are you trying to fake that you're happy when you're not, or is it something? Which could be fine. Or is it that you are trying to access a part of yourself that you feel is like distant in that moment? Like what drives you to post something that like feels happier than you are in your real life? Well, like, let me, I'm just. Because that's not something that I consciously have done before. I mean, I don't really post. I feel like I'm just so such a bad poster in general, but I do actually, maybe I do feel like when I'm happier, I don't know. Cause sometimes when I'm happier, I don't feel like posting. Sometimes when I'm happier, I'm like, totally think it sounds fun to post. So I don't really right, have a perfect right. map. I mean, I, I think I'm very much like a poster on holidays and a poster on occasions. You know what I mean? But like, I think I, I also feel like stories really changed the game. Do you know what I mean? Like the shift to stories really fucked with me. You know, like stories is more like you're following day to day instead of like a post every now and then. And so I'm like following people's day to days that I really don't interact with on a day to day basis. Right. Which is weird. It's like I'm following like my boyfriend's day to day life and just as much. Well, no, not just as much, but like I'm also like looking at Mindy's day-to-day life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that just a random person? I just made it up. Okay, yeah. I was hoping that you didn't mean... Mindy Kaling? Yeah. <laughs> I, was be, I actually don't a... follow her. No, I don't think I do um, either, but I thought that was going to be such a random example. <laughs> no, I'm just, like, making up a name Mindy. But it's like, oh, I'm, like, watching what Mindy's eating every day, you know? It's just this weird thing of, like, that is entering my psyche, and that's weird. Absolutely. Oh, Bryce... If you heard that meow, that was a little, well, not a little, a very a large, very big boy, a big boy cat named Bryce. Um, it's just too much information. Like, I think mm-hmm. one thing I cited in my newsletter is something called Dunbar's number. Oh, wait, I've heard about this. I'm sure you have. What is it? It means that, or it's a theory based on like historical and sociological studies that humans max out around like 150 stable relationships. Yeah. I think, like, stable is an important qualifier, because I think, Very. like, you know, how would you describe an unstable relationship? And what kind of impact might that have in your life? And what's the problem with assuming that an unstable relationship is stable? Mm-hmm. I think, like, there's a lot of, I think that's my biggest issue with Instagram probably these days, is feeling like it's meant to represent us or represent reality, or reflect, or mirror reality, when it really doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is obviously a really old argument, but I think the way that we've responded to this pattern is to try to make it more real, and I think it's becoming more confusing in the process. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I feel confused by Instagram. Confused. Really confused. And I think that because I've never in my life encountered something that people can agree is evil and continue to use every day. Yeah. Because, of course, it's not just evil. And that's what's confusing. It's how I, I have a hard time figuring out how to use it. I think what struck me is when I thought about my favorite Instagram accounts, like none of them were quote unquote authentic. Right. If I think of, I mean, a lot, there's a lot of comedians Mm -hmm. who are like, their Instagrams are not a reflection of their, like, beliefs and thoughts. I mean, some no. of them are, but I don't think that those are the good ones. Um, well, and it makes me think, Animal too, accounts? 
animal accounts. Or like any niche account where it's, you know, I love depths of Wikipedia where they pull up like random Wikipedia articles or like historical, like really interesting cool kids history. History cool kids. Oh, yeah. Also crazy bitch probs. Never seen that. I think it sounds horrible. It's, I mean, she's so fun. The best ones are like the ones that are memes. They're basically memes, or they're like, yeah, there's or some sort of ironic. They're specific. Specific. They're not like this is who I am, and which is interesting because I think most of us, and I don't want to say everybody feels stressed out by Instagram, or feels like they're like. There's probably people listening who are like, my Instagram's like, ne- I've never posted much. It's never said much about me. That's not something I'm like up at night thinking about. So I think that we're. I'm definitely speaking out about a particular subset of users, which I do think is sizable. A lot of people in my life, I think, feel pressure. For their Instagram to reflect them, like you said, you know, we were just going to look somebody up and we're like, oh, let's pull up their Instagram. And the presumption is that we'll learn something about them. But we kind of don't. You learn how they use this weird tool. Yeah. Which is just so different from who they are. Yeah. I mean, I feel like sometimes it's like you, at least personally, it's like you have two bodies in the world. You know? Like we're slowly entering Sims more and more. Yeah. Or what? what's that thing you love? The people in the world. Everyone was so was really into it during Oh, Animal Crossing? Animal Crossing. Yeah. Like there's this other version of me out there. And that's why I think I come back to this feeling of like, ugh, when you say I I seem earnest. Because I'm like, oh God, my other body is earnest. You it's know? like you don't have control over I mean, this is it's also kind of a microcosm or like a lesson in life in general, which is that you can't control how people see you. I don't think you seem bad earnest. I just think you... No, you can say it. Well, so you're such a perform... You're such a, like... You're a very... You're someone who is, like, the life of the party. Like, you're so expressive and funny and, like, full of life in a way that, like, no one else I know is. Thank you. And that's just not what Instagram is. Like, the people... people are like that on Instagram. Well, what I was going to say is the people who are like that on Instagram are, like, weirdly quiet in real life, like, most of the time. Yeah. It's just... It's a... It's just... So, I think I'm wondering, like, what if instead of trying to make Instagram, like, more authentic or whatever this, like, goal seems to be that's, like, really just... Not only, like, stressing everybody out, but, like, leading us into, like, a new type of fraudulence that feels just as performative and bad... It's like, what if we accepted that Instagram was just like such a small pinhole or particular medium for a type of interest that we knew was performative that was never going to reflect you? Yeah, or like the way different people relate to similar hobbies. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like Pinterest. Yeah, or that, or like, you know, I think it's great what you brought up about like for some people it's a place to go to be expressive and funny and for others it's a place to go to... I don't know. Disassociate? <laughs> is that where you're going? My interest in Instagram is that I feel dead when I'm on it. The way I relate to Instagram is actually my death drive. Um, <laughs> no, but that like, I don't know. This is a super like, I feel like a, you know, capitalist take point of view or like how that capitalism wants us to relate to Instagram, which is like, find how it works for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do think that there is something that's, like, important to recognize what what do you like about it? What draws you to it? What, yeah, what energizes you about it and what depletes you about it? 
I think like really giving that some thought. I mean, even though it's, it's, it may seem obvious, but for me to kind of answer my own question about like what makes you spiral. Yeah. What makes you spiral? For me, it's not envy. I think it used to be when I worked in like the really wrong field Mm -hmm. or what felt like a really depleting career for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Now more so I think what makes me angry is how like how many bad ideas I see on there. Mm. I see a lot of bad political ideas. I see a lot of hypocrisy and I'm trying to think of like what else makes me mad or like it's more that I get I get one of my biggest frustrations with it is that I get annoyed at people I like. Yeah. And I hate that. Yeah, that's actually a real... That's a real... That's real. That, like, what upsets me most are probably the people that I have relationships to. Is that weird? No, I kind of feel the same way. Or, like, I think another feeling I get looking is just looking... It's like I'm looking at the matrix that I know is so harmful for us. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we're all just like throwing more and more energy into it. And it feels really overwhelming and depressing to me at times. And I, I think I notice that everybody's trying, myself included, trying to navigate this, like being authentic through a medium that's just inherently inauthentic. And that just like the tension between those goals or those realities is so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's awful. I, I feel, I think it, I also feel you know, to bring back to my own, like, self-esteem, like, that I'm not doing it enough. I mean, like, honestly, I just don't post that much. So sometimes I feel like, I feel like my account misrepresents me, which I don't think would stress me out as much if I didn't have, like, the following I have or, like, this sense that, you know, having an engaged Instagram audience will, like, help me sell a book. Yeah. Like, things like that that are very more, more careerist, which I'm like, I don't want to have to do this thing. Yeah. I mean, that's what I hate. this other thing. Like, I, being an actor... Instagram is, like, almost essential for... I mean, now, like, people won't represent people if they don't have an Instagram following. That's so crazy. I was going to say that I feel like there's not as many actors... I feel like there's a lot of actors who aren't on Instagram. Is that a crazy thing to say? Well, I I feel like there's this point where it's, like, you're either... Like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, for example. Or, like, like Emma Stone, where you're, like... Yeah, you're either, like, all in and you have, like, five million followers, or you're, like, mysterious and don't have an Instagram. See, that's kind of what I want to be, and I'm I'm like, sometimes I wonder, is the world just not set up for people to... Like, I'm like, I was talking to my friend Mallory today, I'm like, how how can I be ambitious about my career and just not want to be any more known, like, (laughs) at all? Like, where they feel like... Or I think in some careers, like being known and being ambitious like aren't necessarily like tied whereas I feel like sometimes in the creative field they feel really tied Mm -hmm. but I'm like but I don't want any more attention yeah because I feel its effects yeah I mean that's why I I whenever I do like an Instagram halt in my life yeah so let's talk about that yeah so so I'm I'm one week out of my Instagram purge. So you're, you've been back I'm on back. for one week. I've been back. No, I've been back on for like, yeah, for probably like one week. Um, Do you feel so much better to be back? I feel awful. Like immediate awful? Like immediate awful, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Like I, I, would, I, I tried to take note of what I experienced off it, which is that like moments of silence, I would sit with more... I'd look out in the three-dimensional world I was living in way more. I read a lot more when I'm off of it. I'm basically a better person. 
<laughs> um, but I mi- I like missed that world. Like I felt left out. You know what I mean? I missed seeing people. I missed I missed watching Mindy's day-to-day life. You know what I mean? I mean, Mindy's just always she's busy. She's doing a she's lot. She's so busy. Um, but I all I all, whenever I stop Instagram, I'm getting to a place where I'm like I'm not happy and I and I keep going back to this thing that is literally distracting me from my partner, like from seeing like engaging interacting with him from just like as cliche as it sounds like interacting with the world. Do you know what I mean? Like when I was off of Instagram, I felt like I had to make a choice to go out and find the things out for myself rather than just like tuning into Instagram. Like I had to actively ask what was happening in the world and seek that out. It's yeah. I mean, I think about that sometimes with like the the instinct to Google everything. Like sometimes it's kind of nice just to not Google it. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously was just saying to me yesterday that David Lynch, famous film director, know him well. (laughs) He's reading. Does he have an Instagram? I don't think so. Although he do think he's on TikTok. Really? He would be. He would be. Um, but or I see him on TikTok. I don't know if it's like somebody around him who has him on their account or not. But I don't know. Anyway, he doesn't give many interviews about his work because he thinks that questions are good and answers are bad. Questions are amazing. Questions are amazing. And I think it's like, there is something about the internet. As um, in Letters to a Young Poet, live in the questions. Living the questions. Living the questions. And I think the internet sort of inspires this world where like there are answers to everything. Yeah. And I think there is, even to answer to who you are. I mean, I think the internet can do something for us. Like, I think performance, for instance, can bring out a side of you that feels malnourished in your in, in the meat space. Mm-hmm. I think it can. I mean, you know, fake it till you make it. Like those things are are cliches because they're true. It can it can actually help. Like sometimes I think people probably find a version of themselves on the internet that gives them that they felt nervous or anxious about doing in their in their normal life, and it helped them create themselves or find a new version of themselves. So I think like performance isn't inherently bad. It's, it's, it's value it's neutral. Expression. It's, it's expression, but it's also, it, but it's not authentic. No. It's not it, the it, same thing as authenticity. Right. It's like, cause I think about as a performer, like for me, when I'm performing, it feels very, it feels like a release or it feels cathartic for me. You know what I mean? That sounds like such an actor thing to say, <laughs> but it feels it, it, it's, it's a release of some kind, you know? And so I think performance is, is the letting go of something you're holding on to. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And like we, we met on the internet. Of course. And, like, the best thing that literally, literally ever happened to me. me. But, but you know what I mean? Like there's some real opportunities for performance to connect people. Yeah, I think maybe like where we went wrong is assuming that it could be more than that or it would be just like this digital reflection of our physical selves when I I think it's something different. It's a piece of the pie. It's a piece. And like you said, I think part of the problem with trying to treat Instagram as just a piece is that the rest of the world, or at least our perception of it, which ends up being reality, doesn't see it that way. It's very baked in. I mean, it's it's similar to like, I'm trying to think of like an analogy, but like you could say maybe the importance of college. Like you can mm. say college isn't actually important, 
but we all think it's important and therefore yeah. it is because you can't get jobs without it. So it's right. sort of like, it becomes this sort of shared myth that reinforces itself just through sheer belief more than any evidence that it actually matters. And I think that's the same for Instagram. Um, we've, we've led ourselves to believe that an important person will be important on Instagram and like that, that we think that reflection is much stronger than it is. And it's led all of us to feel this pressure to basically like win a game that's like unwinnable. Yeah. It, and it, and it's led us to a lot of disappointment. Yeah. You know, like I feel, I feel disappointed by Instagram a lot of the time. And yet it's so baked into our lives that when you leave it, you're also sacrificing something. I would say the same thing about college, not to like draw this out too much, but it's like, you could say it doesn't matter, but you do miss out on something because so many other people are participating. And like, I think, I think it's really great that we're starting to see more people. I mean, this is just like my perspective, which is like, we could talk about the bubble, but divesting from like the college experience and like creating something different. Absolutely. I think it's great. I would hope that we can start doing that more with social media. Yeah. Well, I think the difference is everyone can have Instagram and not everyone can go to college. Yeah. But not everybody's good at it. It's like the same thing where it's like some people don't, that's not how people sometimes express themselves or want to, and they shouldn't be punished for that. Yeah. Um, Like not getting jobs or not being, not feeling like they're a part of their community or like, I mean, to speak to like you feeling left out a little bit when you were off of it, I felt the same way. I went off of it in December. And what made you decide to go off? I felt really overexposed. This was in the time, like right after the break, I turned my comments off. It's so crazy. Cause like after I got that, like one nugget of comment last week, I was like, I can't believe I was going through this like twice a week. Cause I would have comments on my newsletter and then on my podcast. And there was always like, everyone is so lovely and nice. Like most people are just so amazing. And it's like, you they share really one. interesting anecdotes and I feel like I get to connect with people and it's just, it always felt so nice, but there's always like one or two. And I'm not even saying they were always wrong, but it was just, it was really, it was like guerrilla feedback in a, in a way that was often a little bit unfeeling just due to the medium. Yeah. It's hard. It's to, hard. To like give critical feedback. It's coming from a stranger. I didn't know how to take it. So I'm going, a mu- like my mind's going a mile a minute so much. It was so, so bad for my mental health. Yeah. I was like, I thought I couldn't keep doing the newsletter, I thought I needed to just, like, completely, like, get offline. Like, I couldn't do it. So I think that's why I went off. I also just, yeah, I needed to unplug. Yeah. <laughs> baby. And I was just, like, but the what was interesting is I was also, I also stopped my newsletter. Right. Because that's I right. took a yeah, break took off. a break. Took yeah. a break. And I was staying with my sister, so I was sort of away from, like, my home. Mm-hmm. And I was... Really removed completely from like my sort of mainstays of like identity. Yeah. Especially because everybody was online because nobody was in the meat space. Mm hmm. I felt really at sea with like yeah. who I was, which I don't think is a bad challenge. I think it's an interesting challenge, but it was something that I realized how much I relied on like my internet persona, my job as a writer. Yeah. I didn't have that many clothes, so I kind of lost my like that form of expression. Yeah. I felt like just this blob, like floating. Yeah, it's like, does anyone even know I'm here? And who am I? (laughs) (laughs) That was my experience with getting off Instagram, which like, maybe that's interesting because I think Instagram can lend us the illusion of 
this is who I am, which maybe causes more stress. I would, I would argue that. And I was, I was just talking to Daniel about this because he, because we're both kind of feeling at sea in our lives. Daniel's Michelle's boyfriend. Every day of our lives, basically. <laughs> um, but he's like, I just feel like I can't feel my feet on the ground. Like I can't get a footing in my life. And I said, I said to him, and I meet, I really believe this, that like, that's where, I mean, this sounds so like therapy speak. Woo-woo. Yeah. But that's like where growth happens, you know, and that's where getting to know yourself happens is when you're kind of in these transitions or when you're kind of at sea. When you have to stay in your body and you can't disassociate when and you're you uncomfortable. And you can't. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why that time away from Instagram is really important. You know, and if there's a way that we can balance that with being away and being in it and understanding that those two worlds require different things of us. Better understanding the role of it. Because, like, it might not always be disassociation, which, by the way, some, like I said, sometimes disassociation is useful. Absolutely. Like, sometimes Avi and I, we want to sit next to each other on our phones for a little bit because we're really exhausted socially we don't really want to put on a show because we need to go to bed soon. But we're like, we're just going to take like 10 minutes on our phones. And it's not, it doesn't have to always be like so depressing. Like, wow, why aren't we talking to each other? It's like, we just talked to each other for hours. We were out, whatever. Yeah. So I think like there can be a place to be like, oh, I'm just going to like literally press pause on my consciousness while I like go through this. I think that's kind yeah. of like an interesting tool. Although I think that there are probably more interesting ways to do that. But I think we all need that sometimes. Yeah. I don't think we need to be constantly like, what are all my five senses? Like, no, every no, minute. No, no. Like, that'd be just, it's too much. It's too much. But I also think there might be a world where there's like more to Instagram. Like, maybe it's, you know, maybe you're an artist and like you all, you follow other artists and you go on there for like inspiration or you go, maybe you're some, you know, I had a friend who's grieving a loss. Yeah. Who like said, I know this is sort of needy, but like, can everybody just send me? And I have a first, I my first day of work tomorrow. And I just am really missing her encouragement. Can you just like give me some encouragement? But see, that's where it feels collaborative. You're right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and she that- was just like inundated. And that's and it, so beautiful. She was, like, crying. Yeah. And, like, yeah. And I was like, this is nice. Like I think it doesn't have to be such a dead zone, but I think that it can't be what we're trying to make it be. Yeah. Either. Right. Because I think it's also as much as we're like, it's a, it's not uh we're not it's not a true representation of ourselves on instagram it also is a part of it's just a part of ourselves yeah you know and i think sometimes we we think that instagram has to be our whole selves you know and it's just this tiny little part of us that i I don't know i feel like we we have to remember you know i also think that like that's where kind of the activism stuff gets tricky because just because I don't post about something doesn't mean I don't care about it and that I'm not doing things in my life and in the way, you know? Yeah. Instagram doesn't represent everything I'm doing. Like, no. You can't understand me. I can't understand you. Sometimes I think we believe that we are more than our account and we don't grant other people the same grace. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. And it's like, also, I just can't stress enough that different people are going to be are going to, like, their personalities are going to lend more to showing a part of themselves on that. Yeah. And other people are not, you know? Like, I, my Instagram is a lot of outfits. I think that's a pretty small part of my personality. But a really good one. <laughs> Thank you. But no, but I'm like, I feel like it's such a small part of my personality. I don't actually really talk about fashion that much with my friends. You know, like, it's kind of not... 
sometimes it's fun. Like, we mm-hmm. talk about clothes sometimes. Yeah. We duh. love to borrow each other's clothes. Yeah, and I love to buy clothes from seeing them on Instagram, which is a huge problem. This is another problem. I mean, yeah, yeah we're not even... We haven't, we even, haven't t- even... I mean... We haven't talked about the fact that, it, like, it's this capitalist it, it's, monster. Yeah, it's like it's actually a capitalist monster <laughs> that's literally eating my bank account on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, that's... There's so many problems with Instagram. But I'm... That, like, is not exactly what we're critiquing at this moment, but it's it's implied, like... And I think it's like what you're saying. It's like we can spend days actually critiquing the bad sides of Instagram and it's much harder to figure out what's good about it, but worth our time, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to imagine because these are digital tools that do offer something different from real life in some cases. Do I think it's better to connect with somebody in real life than on Instagram? Yes. But I don't get to see like rice cakes stacked on a dog's head in real life either. And like, you know, sometimes like the biggest things that I love about it are the chats with people. You know, like I love sliding into DMs. It's a different way of engaging than like having a conversation in real life. And it's fun sometimes. It's super fun. Like, or sending a meme to someone is like a way of being like, I see you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know this is you. And you're yeah. going to laugh at this. It's and a different form of communication. I think that's when it's best, is when it does something that cannot be done in real life. Yes. So I think, like, funny, crazy animal videos that you'd never otherwise see, memes, which are a completely new language, sort of, like, asking for words of encouragement from your entire network. Yeah. That's not something you can do in real life. Like, these these ways that, like, feel, like, really specific to the tools, I think are so much more interesting than all the other ways we try to use it to, like, reflect our lives. Like, look, I'm having fun at a party. Here's a photo. It's like, okay, well, That's I don't know what gonna... that tells me about you. <laughs> like, I don't... Or I feel like I've been thinking about that a lot where I'm like, what's my goal here? Like, I just don't really know. Is it's like, it's... It's like, for me, sometimes I'm like, you know, you... For all you know, like, my, I never socialize. Like, I don't post pictures of socializing. Yeah. Does that make me, like, mean I don't socialize? No. Do I waste too much energy worrying about that? No. I think it's a small problem, but I do think that, like, it speaks to just, like, this alien, like, pressure that we all feel Mm -hmm. that's, like, it's supposed to represent you, and it just doesn't. And Instagram is good for what makes it unique. It's bad for, like, all of, literally most things. (laughs) But just in terms of, like, in terms of how we actually use it, like, I think those are the best parts of Instagram. And it's, like, you know, maybe the answer is how can you take out all the parts that are trying to mimic your life in a really toxic way? Well, I think I, I think a lot about... Because I think, for me, Instagram is a habit. Like, whenever... It's like the death drive, you know? It's like whatever, whenever that, that urge to dissociate comes up, I go to Instagram. So it's like a tick almost. You know what I mean? It's right. it's a habit for me. And I when I talk to my students about habits, it's not about changing that habit, right? Because then you're just replacing one habit with another. But it's about being aware aware of it, you know, being aware that it is. And that awareness can hopefully foster a different way of relating to it, which is like if I'm if I just notice those times when I want to go to my phone with Instagram, it takes effort to be like, just be aware of this. Maybe take a step back and like or think about like, what am I (laughs) what am I avoiding? Like, it's interesting to realize in the moment that you're coping. That doesn't mean you have to not do it. But I think it's interesting to be like, oh, what I'm doing right now is coping and what am I coping with? Yeah. And it's like, I feel like there's just a lot to learn about yourself in that moment. And that's where it's actually like a good thing. 
you know? Yeah. Oh my God, dare I say this? <laughs> no. <laughs> that like, Instagram is a good thing <laughs> where it's like, it's, it's, it's high, like then it offers information. It's, it, it offers, I don't know. It offers a moment of reflection, you know? Yeah. Like those three people that I go to, you know, being aware of that is being aware of my dissatisfaction with where I'm at in my life. Yeah. You know? It's a little signal. It's a little signal. And I know at the end of the day that I don't want to be those people. And I don't know. I guess there's like a sense of transparency that we need. I don't know. No, I I, I totally follow. I think it's, I think that's right. I think like the problem is that I think sometimes it's hard to take in too much information about other people's lives, like even if you're conscious of it, because it makes it really hard to focus on like your little world. Yeah. And sometimes I feel... Like, I really want to focus on my little world. And I think this gets back to, like, why I haven't been posting that much on my Instagram is, like, I really want to invest in my life. Yeah. And just hang out with my friends and, like, write my little newsletter and clean my house and, like, walk around New York. I don't... I want to invest in that life. And sometimes I feel like investing in my, like, online presence is in competition. Yeah. With my life. Yeah. And it's really distracting to see how everyone else is doing their life. I mean, this is just, like, this is so obvious. Everybody already knows this, but there is something harmful about taking in so much information that's, like, ultimately, like, irrelevant to you. Yeah. It's totally irrelevant. Well, it's like, like, it's like me watching Mindy's day-to-day life. Like, I know what she had for breakfast, and, like, I didn't need to know that. No. You know? I didn't. I, I'm sorry, Mindy, but I didn't need to know that, you know? <laughs> Literally, fuck you, Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... I what were you? What were you just saying? There's some. It's image. too much information. Like oh, I I was gonna say that like, and you said this to me before we even recorded this that that you were like, God, it's been like discussed so much, and like we talk about the bad things about Instagram all the time, but it's like it's over discussed because we're all like screaming to understand it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. we we want it. I like I actually think we need to continue to talk about this. Yeah. Because the meat world is beca- is like kind of rotting sometimes do you know what I mean like the world is still not a good place right you know and I think that is a world we have to really invest into and pay attention to okay the other th- okay maybe one last thing I want to say yeah is that I was just listening to you're wrong about do you know that podcast Mm-mm. I'm not ready to like endorse it or anything I've only listened to one about cancel culture um haven't even finished it oh my god I we can't talk about cancel culture. No, we won't. We won't. But <laughs> a, a point they brought up that I found really applicable to this is how our sense of scale is really off. Like, who is everyone? Everyone's talking about this. Who is everyone? Are, we're we're in our bubbles that are very filled with many, many, many people. Uh huh. It's still a bubble. I'm like sick of using the word bubble in general. But something they said was that like you know one in five Americans has a Twitter account. of the tweets are done by 10% of the users. And even then, like, this, like, the super, super users. So it's, like, an, it's infinitesimal. Mm. And it's, like, when everyone's saying something on Twitter, it feels like the whole world is talking about it. It's actually a fraction of the population. And all our journalists who report on culture are following along and report on what's happening on Twitter as if it's the whole culture. So I feel like we have... I mean, the same thing. They were, the, you're wrong about podcasts. They were saying that they sometimes have a million listeners on an episode. If 1% of those listeners hate it, 
that's 10,000 people coming at them. Mm-hmm. That feels like everyone fucking hates them. It's actually 1% of their listenership. But it's like, they, I think they, they were saying, like, your brain's not a calculator. It's really hard to conceive of, like, scale in these spaces. Like, it feels... It's, so it's really hard. I think I get frustrated feeling like everyone's doing this stupid thing, but it's like, actually, everyone's not. Yeah. They're not even... Not even everyone you follow is doing it because you kind of only see, like, the same 10 people. Mm-hmm. So it's just... It's very... I think it's good to keep in mind that our sense of scale in these spaces and proportion is really off. Mm-hmm. And it's not always representative of what everyone's doing as much as it feels like it is. Yeah. And... And we're all gonna die. That's a great place to end. <laughs> Well, it, but it, but, but really, it does remind me of what you were saying about like you can get a bunch of really great comments that are so beautiful and wonderful and complimentary, but you're going to harp on that one that's really shitty. You know, as humans, we aren't equipped to handle, you know, like what your friend, what, what, what the podcast was saying, like the 10,000 comments, you know, we, that would be like going to high school and everyone hating us. Our brains are just not compatible with the scale of the internet and our and our emotional lives aren't aren't equipped it's really really tough it's like we need we need like a revolution of values around like how we think about these things how we engage with them of course fixing capitalism and like exploitation helps but i also think that like these spaces are also tapping into something very human yeah. and being abused through that lens as well. I think it's like, it's a, it's a multitude of things. You know, I think we have a death drive. I think we want to disassociate. I think we tend to judge people without enough information. There are things that are highlighted about the human condition that are not helping make these spaces any better. These tools, they do offer us something that the real world can't, but we actually don't need that something as much as we're, we're getting it. Yeah, we're... we're overindulging we're overindulging you guys we have to turn the ac back on okay i'm absolutely dying i know (laughs) dying okay that's it for this week thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to michelle for coming on what a treat thank you to soft street for my theme music i hope you have a really excellent week and you had a good weekend behind you you're feeling energized you're feeling less depleted than instagram makes the average user feel and wishing you the best i'll see you next week bye baby i'd like that